Well, good morning, church. It's, it's uh, great to be with you virtually, but gosh, I wish we were all together right now as we normally do every Sunday morning. In fact, I've gotten the chance to speak to many of you over the phone, and one of the constant themes that I keep hearing is how much we all miss being together, how much we miss just seeing one another, uh, how much we miss Um, worshiping together, how much we've missed opening up God's word together, though it's not even been that long of a time, it feels like it has been. And I just want to encourage each each of us to know that I think that that longing that we all feel, that longing for connection is something that God has placed in each one of us, and he placed it in us for a reason. See, we are created for community. We're created for connection. We're created for for, for connection to to God himself and to one another. And so I just want to take a few moments uh, to say in this unprecedented season, in this difficult season that we find ourselves in, I want to encourage each one of you uh, to lean into that. Though we can't meet face-to-face, We've been given so many tools that we can connect with each other. So church, pick up the phone. Um, Call someone. FaceTime with your community group, with your discipleship group, uh, with your friends at church. Uh, Check on someone maybe that the Lord impresses on your heart and just see how they're doing. And I think um, in the midst of those conversations, we're going to have opportunities to get to pray for each other, to get to encourage one another, to get to support one another. And uh, we'll even get to live out these one another scriptures with each other um, virtually and digitally uh, because we've been given some amazing technologies to get to do that. So church, uh, lean into that, press into that. We need to be connected to one another. And so um, let's fight to continue to do that. I think it's hugely important for us in this season in the life uh, of our country and the life of our church. But church, the most important thing I want to say to each and every one of you this morning uh, is that I love you. Uh, I love every one of you. I want you to know that you're not alone. Uh, I'm thankful for what God is going to teach us in this season, what he's already teaching us, how he's going to shape us, how he's going to shape the life of our church moving forward. I think he's going to do some profound things uh, in and through this season that we find ourselves in. And so church, I guess this morning what I wanted to do is is just say, how are we going to respond to all of this? How are we going to respond to COVID-19, to the coronavirus? How are we going to respond collectively and individually? And maybe how's God calling us to respond? And how is he going to call us to move forward? These are some of the things I've been thinking about. We certainly don't have all the answers as things seem to be changing hour by hour. But there's a few things that are constant that I want us to lean into. Now, last week, um, when, when the dam broke, so to speak, and we were flooded with all of this news, with all of this seemingly frightening news, the United States government declared a national emergency. The World Health Organization declared the coronavirus an official pandemic. Uh, and it seems like uh, all the dominoes started dropping quickly. Um, things that we never thought would happen began to happen. Concerts were canceled. Uh, conventions were canceled. Schools began to be canceled. Virtually every sporting event 
from Little League to the Major Leagues were canceled in the United States. Churches could no longer gather person to person. Uh, we saw the economy come to a grinding halt in ways that we haven't experienced in many, many years. And so no doubt we're living through something uh, that many of us have never experienced before. In fact, has not taken place in modern history. We've never had a crisis of this nature. Um, and last week, every media report that, that we turned on the news and, and read about, everything that seemed like we were pulling up on our phones or on our iPads seemed to sort of uh, add fuel to the fire as we read more and more. And uh, I, heard, uh, I heard someone describe it this way, that uh, fear became a global wildfire that we seemingly just couldn't put out. And so I think as I've sort of been talking to many of you, as I've been uh, myself watching the news and reading all the stories, that panic and fear is the norm for so many right now. Now, as your pastor, I want you to know that uh, I fully understand with all the reasons that many of us feel anxious. Uh, and I want you to know that I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you every day. Um, I want you to know that you're not alone. I want you to know that you are loved. Um, and I want you to know that we're going to walk through this together. Though we don't really know what all the outcomes will, ha will happen, what will take place, but we're going to walk together with God as our shield and with God as our helper. And this morning, I just want to take a few moments, it'll be short this morning, to remind us of a few truths that we find in the scriptures that can calm our worry, that can reduce our anxiety, and that can relieve the fears that I think many of us have right now. Now, um, I've been getting text messages from a lot of y'all. I've been getting text messages. If you go on Facebook, you no doubt have seen the, the photos at HEB and other grocery stores, and there's just long lines of people waiting to get in. There's empty shelves. Meat and produce seems to be gone. I mean, we can't even find toilet paper, for goodness sake, right? And so I think there's many of us that we just have this gripping fear, and we begin to worry that we will be left wanting, that we'll, we will be left without, that we won't be taken care of, that we won't get what we think we need or we, won't, we don't have right now what we think we need. And so when we're faced with that fear, I think God's word speaks directly to that, into that very thing. And we find that in Psalm 23, a very, very familiar psalm, but one that's packed with so much truth. And verse 1 tells us this. In the midst of that fear, in the midst of us wondering, uh, will we be left without? Uh, God's word tells us this. David reminds us this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In other words, God is saying to us this morning, I'm going to take care of you. He says, trust me. God says, I'm going, to be, uh, I'm going to be with you. Now remember, this psalm is written by King David, right? Uh, he, uh, this is one of the most wildly, most recognizable passages in Scripture. 
But I think sometimes the familiarity sort of makes us sort of breeze right by it. But remember, this psalm, this truth was sort of wrung out of the life of King David. It's not just something pretty he just decided to sit down and write one day. See, David was a man who experienced some of life's highest highs and some of the very lowest of lows. And in the middle of this life, in the middle of the high highs and the low lows, King David cries out this, the Lord is my shepherd. See, David stands here saying this as a man who killed Goliath, the giant, the impossible. Right? He was made king. He was crowned king. He succeeded in ways that many of us could never even fathom. But David also endured some of the most horrific heartbreak imaginable. He lost a child in childbirth. Uh, his only son, or one of his sons rather, tried to remove him from the throne and plotted to kill him. He endured a plague of sickness that killed thousands of his countrymen. And yet in the middle of both these high highs and these low lows, out of the heart of David comes this, the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. God's word is reminding us, even in the highest of highs, in the lowest of lows, we're told that God is shepherding us. He's leading us, he's pointing us, and he's guiding us somewhere. Where is he shepherding us? He goes on in verse 2. David says, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. And these are the good places that he's leading. And he does lead us to those good places. These places of still waters. He restores our soul. He leads us in paths of righteousness. But then David turns a corner in verse 4 and reminds us of the hard place. And that's where I'm going to spend some more time this morning. And David says this, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He says the good shepherd is with him. And right now I think um, we're walking through a valley, a valley of the shadow of death. This coronavirus is a deadly virus to some people. We don't yet know exactly how deadly, but it's having significant global and personal impact. Um, we already know in advance this virus will not last forever. It's a valley. And it's a valley that we will walk through together. And we won't stay in this valley forever. The good shepherd is going to lead us through it. He is going to walk through it with us. And so today, I want us to focus on how knowing that, knowing that the good shepherd is with us, knowing that he leads us to good places, yes, and he is even with us through the valley of the shadow of death. I want us to focus on how do we replace then the fear that we are all gripped with, with faith and courage. Um. How do we focus uh, not on all that is changing around us seemingly every hour, every day, but that which is unchanging? 
that which is unchanging today and tomorrow and forever. And so we need to focus as a church on that which is, not which is changing, but that which is unchanging because we know in the days ahead, that's just gonna, things are just going to keep changing. We remember in, in every kind of big catastrophe that we walk through as a nation, lots changes after as a result. Think about Katrina. Think about the great floods that we just went through. Think about 9-11. There's massive changes that took place after all of these. But the key to courage in the face of ever-changing circumstances is to cling to the unchangeable truths of God. Even though I walk through this valley, we can fear no evil because God, the good shepherd, is with us. So, what are the unchangeable truths? I just want to look at six things real quickly. Um, first thing, God sees everything that I'm going through. Remember, he's the good shepherd. Remember, he is sovereign. Remember that God watches over his flock, that he sees all things. He knows what's going on. He is not surprised by all of this. Second thing, God cares about everything that I'm going through right now. His providence guides us. Remember, he leads his sheep with his staff. He cares, he's guiding, he's directing, he's not just letting things randomly play out. Third thing, God hears us in the midst of our circumstances. So he sees, he cares, and he hears. He inclines his ears to us. Fourth thing, know this church, that God always acts out of his goodness toward us even in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. Isn't that amazing? Even in the midst of all this that we are walking through, God always acts out of his goodness toward us. That's who God is. Fifth thing, God's plan is always better than my plan. His ways are higher than our ways. Even when we can't understand it. Even when uh, we can't see it. The good shepherd leads his sheep where he pleases. And finally, church, remember that God, through Christ our good shepherd, will never stop loving me. He's never going to stop loving you because of the blood of Christ. The good shepherd never loses one of his sheep. Even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, his eye, his watch, his care, his goodness is still with you. These are the things that never change about our God. God sees God cares, God hears, God acts. God's plan and his love are all working all out for our good in his glory, even now. So church, you're not alone. God is with you. I was reminded of this verse in Isaiah 43. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flames shall not 
consume you, for I am the Lord your God. So in the days ahead, church, let's maybe listen a little bit less to all the internet voices. And let's listen more and more and more and begin to hold fast to the voice of God, our good shepherd, Jesus our Lord. And I think when we begin to do that, um, he will begin to replace our panic with prayer. Uh, He'll begin to uh, change all of our worries into worship and he'll turn our fear into courage. Something only God can do. Church, God is with us. We are not alone. And we're gonna walk through this together with our good shepherd on our side. Let's pray together this morning, church. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that um, you see us, that you hear us, that you know us, that you care about us, that you are sovereign and in control, that you even now are sitting at the right hand of the throne of God and that you are acting for our good and for your glory, even in the midst of the valley of the shadow of death. And so God, I pray that you would help us walk this road with courage, not with fear. God, I pray that in the days to come, as more needs arise, that we would be a people that respond in loving kindness toward our neighbors that have great needs with wisdom and with discernment. And God, you wouldn't make us a people that would run away, but you would make us a people that would lean in both to you and to one another in this great time of need. We love you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.